Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Mackie and Judd from the TCL Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Yeah, I mean, uh, definitely didn't expect to be uh, standing here. Um, you know, I'll, uh, I'll first off say how, how much I respect Coach Tibbs and uh, Coach Andy Greer as well. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's tough when, when you, you spend so much time with, with uh people you know on the road or just in general and uh, then you see uh, you're not going to see those people as much anymore um, that's a tough thing so um, I'm thankful for the opportunity though um, and moving forward I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing seeing you know progress on the court and uh, helping grow this team so let me ask you this Judd Zolga before we bring our old friend Reed Forgrave into the conversation here yes sir when the Timberwolves were up by 25-ish points in the fourth quarter against the Lakers where on your list of Things that might happen in the next, I don't know, 60 minutes and then the next 24 hours was Tom Thibodeau getting fired and Ryan Saunders holding a press conference talking about it. Uh, zero. Right? Non-existent. But like a month, I mean, a month earlier it was, oh, this is for sure going to happen. I get, I get it now after giving it great thought. But as I sat on my couch at that moment watching the Bears and Eagles battle in a National Football League playoff game, yeah. it was not on my radar. Yeah. So Seth, uh, Seth Auger, our social media guy, he, he calls me and I get, so getting a call from coworker on Sunday night is usually, Oh, some what's, what's going on. And, uh, and I pick up the phone. He goes, did you see the news? He's driving back from up North. And I said, what news? He goes, Tibbs got fired. And I said, did they blow a 25 point lead in the fourth quarter? <laughs> No. Okay. They just pulled the plug. While, by the way, the guy who owns the team was in Florida, which is the BS part of this. Then we'll talk more about this, and uh, we've got plenty to come here in the next couple hours. But Reed Forgrave, I know you've you've been covering Timberwolves games for CBS Sports. You cover the NBA. Uh, what did you make of the timing of this move, first and foremost, by the Timberwolves? Uh, utterly shocking and not at all surprising. <laughs> if that makes any sense. I'm. I was at the game yesterday. And uh, I did note with about three minutes left in the Timberwolves up 27 that uh, Tom Thibodeau had left Carl Anthony Towns in the game, despite Luke Walton having put in, like, Isaac Bonga and, like, every sub that he had on his bench, Towns was still playing, which I thought, hey, that's old. that's odd, but, you know, that's Tibbs. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of putting, up, putting the minutes on these guys' shoulders, and then I, you know, went and talked to Luke Walton, and I wrote my story about the Lakers because... You know, when you're writing nationally, the Lakers uh, take up all the air in the room. And uh, sitting back in the media room, keep, just like you guys, keeping one eye on the uh, Bears game as I was writing my story about the Lakers, and you get a 
tweet. I think it was Shams and John Krasinski who who broke it, and it was like, what the hell? I, this guy was just jolly as anything, as jolly as kids can get in the interview room. So uh, it was bizarre. The timing was bizarre. But what happened is, uh, you know, not surprising at all. It's a old-school coach who I think really struggled to adapt to this new-school NBA that's changed so rapidly even the, in the past four or five seasons. Um, I, I like that they put in Ryan Saunders. I hope he's given a fair shot uh, at this job. Uh, I'm not sure if he will be, but I think he is very much that, that new-school Brad Stevens-ish type basketball mind, and I think he could do good things with this team. But, uh, yeah, it's a tough situation he's put in. And, and, Reed, I think that Tibbs might have had a fighting chance if he had just been coach. But when they gave yes. him complete power, and this should, by the way, in this town, that was a mistake. This, this this from, should from the very beginning. That was the mistake. Yes, right. and, and and from this day forward, no professional uh, sports team, Vikings, Wolves, Wild, blah blah blah, should ever put somebody in charge of everything again, because Tibbs' ability to coach might be there, but his ability to make personnel moves and most importantly have a clue about how people act as humans was zero from day one. Yeah, I mean, look, this Timberwolves season, the past six, past six months for the Timberwolves, was just a perfect distillation of why the coach-general-manager hybrid just doesn't work. It's not that the guy doesn't have enough time to do both of these jobs. Tibbs is a maniacal worker. I'm sure he, you know, in his 20-hour workday, he can find time for both. It's that even though these jobs are in theory aligned they're not really aligned Tibbs's job as a coach is to win the next game Tibbs's job as the general manager should be to you know to plan this team's future going forward for the rest of this season but also for next season for the next five seasons to position them well and that's when you look at this whole Jimmy Butler deal which you know obviously in retrospect you know we thought at the time and we can certainly think it now that was what kind of sealed Tibbs' fate with the Timberwolves, even though I think he got a pretty good return for Butler when all is said and done. Uh, his, what he, the way he should have looked at that was, how do I maximize this asset not to save my job this season, you know, but to, to position Glenn Taylor's franchise for the next five years? And it's, it, it, you don't blame Tibbs for that, I don't think. It's just that job description doesn't work when you have two goals that aren't perfectly aligned. So, Reed Forgraves, CBS Sports, cbssports.com, the two names that have been thrown out, aside from Ryan Saunders, and there's been other names, but the two main names that I think have have drawn the most interest from Timberwolves fans are Fred Hoiberg, who went on the record with Zach Lowe in the last 24 hours and said, I don't have any front office interest. I'm still of of coaching interest. Uh, And Chauncey Billups is another one, both with Minnesota Timberwolves and Minnesota Ties, and both with relationships going back with Glenn Taylor, so they're very provincial Glenn Taylor type names. Uh, but what do you make of Fred Hoiberg on the coaching end, coming off of the the Chicago stint that didn't go well? And he'd be following Tom Thibodeau for a second straight time, so that'd be interesting. And Chauncey Billups, who flirted with the Timberwolves when Flip Saunders was still here and currently works for ESPN. Well, look, I I, I don't. Chauncey Billups is not a guy I know personally. I don't have a huge uh, you know, track record with him. I do know that the last big-time what ESPN to uh, NBA coaching thing went really well with Steve Kerr. 
Um, but as far as Fred Hoiberg goes, I, I think that is fascinating. I know Fred. I used to live in Iowa, as you guys know. I covered him extensively with his time at Iowa State. I think he is one of those new school coaches who uh, it would be fascinating to see what he could do with Carl Anthony Towns. He's such a brilliant offensive mind. If we want to judge him based on what happened with his three-plus seasons with the Chicago Bulls, fine. But I think that's a huge mistake. I don't think you can judge Fred Hoiberg. I think we don't know whether Fred Hoiberg is going to be a great NBA coach or a bad NBA coach based on that time with the Bulls because that was such a complete disaster from the front office on down. He never had any continuity. He never had a roster that fit the way that he thinks of basketball. Whereas I do think with the Wolves, who knows what he can do with Andrew Wiggins, but the way that Tom Thibodeau, like I said earlier, was such an old-school coach, especially on the offensive end. You look at the three-point numbers, uh, I know they've been slightly modernizing this year. They weren't dead last in the NBA in three-point attempts. But they were 23rd. It's not like they, they flipped things like the Milwaukee Bucks did. Uh, I think that's something that Fred Hoiberg, it, it would be fa- a fascinating experiment to see if he could maximize, on the offensive end at least, uh, someone like Carl Towns, uh, someone like Andrew Wiggins perhaps, certainly someone like Robert Covington. Uh, I'd love that hire. I think it would be awesome. And the fact that he loves Minnesota, that he loves coaching, I was just talking with someone close with Fred earlier today who confirmed exactly what Zach Lowe just wrote, that he, he doesn't want to be in the front office. So to me, Fred Hoiberg gets the UCLA job or Fred Hoiberg gets the Timberwolves job. It just it just makes too much sense. What gets Ryan the full-time job here? What do you think he has to do, Reed, or accomplish uh, to keep that job? You know, it's a great it's a great question. I know he's someone who's been mentioned before uh, for head coaching jobs in the NBA. So it's not like this is just Glenn Taylor's friend and Flip's son. This is a guy who's really well thought of in the NBA. Uh, it's weird because right now, I'm the Timberwolves, and I'm looking at the trade deadline coming up next month. Uh, the, the path forward this season, they have the, I think, second hardest schedule in the NBA going forward. They had the easiest schedule in the, or one of the easiest schedules in the NBA up to now, those things balance out. And they're still sitting, what, two games below 500 in the absolutely brutal West. I don't think this is a playoff team, especially considering that Robert Covington, probably the second most important player on this team, is out for who knows how long uh, with this bone bruise. Uh, so to me, if I'm, the, if I'm planning forward, uh, thinking about the future, I think the best thing for the Wolves is to tank. But if you're a first-time head coach like Ryan – you're not going to want to tank. You're going to want to do something yeah. exciting. You want to show something different. So to me, uh, the best thing that he can do, one is, and I know this sounds dumb, but one thing that Ryan Saunders and Flip Saunders are both incredibly good at is cultivating goodwill from the fans and from the media. That is not something Tom Thibodeau ever was good at. He was a basketball man through and through. He's an X and O's guy. He doesn't care about uh, the media. This is a very, I mean, Judd, you've seen it firsthand. This is such a cloistered off organization. I think Ryan Saunders could, could do an incredible job just at opening things up and making this team more personable. The second part is just mo- continuing to modernize that offense. He was, if you look at the stats, uh, they, they shot a little bit more three-pointers this year. This offense is a little bit more innovative. One of the things they have done uh, really well, it's gone unnoticed, they've shot the corner three well. And Ryan Saunders is kind of the, the been the guy who's been pushing that behind the scenes. So I do think if he can modernize that offense 
and uh, you know, be that sort of PR voice that this team needs when you look at the attendance and the season ticket holding and the fact that this has been such a disaster, such a PR nightmare over the past six months. I think those two things could go a long way to securing him this job in the future. I hope he's given a fair shot. I really do. I think he's, uh, I think he's going to be a head coach sooner instead of later in this league. Reed, what would you do with some of the more veteran players on this team? And, I, and I'm talking about like the Derrick Roses and the Taj Gibsons, Anthony Tolliver, guys like that. Do you, do you sort of work to move those guys into lesser roles and try and get like the Josh Akogis and the Tyus Joneses more more time on the court, or do you sort of keep the if you're Ryan Saunders, do you sort of keep the same sort of uh, roles within the team as it is right now? I, I'm going to pick option number three, and that's uh, you forget moving those guys into new roles. How about just moving those guys? Uh, those are valuable players to teams that are looking at the playoffs. I, like I said, maybe this is silly of me, when you're two games out of the playoff race, and, and, and clearly there are a lot of good things about these Timberwolves, but I don't, what are you going to fight for? To get the eight seed and to lose in the first round again? Is that really that much of an accomplishment? Or what if you can trade Derrick Rose for maybe even a late first-round pick or a middle first-round pick for a team that needs that creator while Derrick Rose is still shooting, what, 45% from three? And strike while the iron's hot. He's not signed past this year anyway. Uh, if you can get something for him now, if you can get something for Anthony Tolliver, who I think is one of those pieces that can help complete a, a team like the Philadelphia 76ers, right? They could really use a shooter and a guy who plays as hard as Anthony Tolliver. Uh, and has really kind of been out of the road, not out of the rotation, but certainly not a featured piece under Tibbs. Uh, I like the young pieces. I think Josh Kogi has uh, a lot of Jimmy Butler in him, young Jimmy Butler. I mean that in a good way, by the way. I don't mean the diva part. Watch yourself right there. (laughs) Those those are fighting words. You know what I mean. The Jimmy Butler who plays his butt off. I think Josh Okogie has a chance to be maybe not a star in this league, but a guy that you just want on your team because he plays so hard. Uh, Everyone loves Tyus Jones. Uh, That's the future of the Timberwolves. It's not, uh, with all due respect to Anthony Tolliver and Derrick Rose and Todd Gibson, all really, really good, very worthy NBA players. Uh, probably in some cases more than that, especially D. Rose and what he's done this year. That's not where the future of the Wolves lies. And if you don't believe that, D- that Derrick Rose has a future, then you can kill yourself? Is that what he said? He apologized on Twitter. Yeah, he apologized. Kill yourself. All right. Oh, poor Derrick. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, Reed, it was awesome catching up, man. Thanks for coming on. Absolutely. Always always some drama with these Timberwolves. Oh, my right? God. It's ridiculous. God love this town for yep. sports, Reed Forgrave. Never a dull moment. <laughs> love. That's an interesting word for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See you, buddy. Thanks. Bye. See you guys. Reed Forgrave from CBS and CBSSports.com. The more I think about this, I think Ryan Saunders has a very good chance to keep this job. Well, let's talk more about that. I really do. Because I agree. In fact, he was a name right before the season when all this stuff was going down and I remember we talked about him and how he's probably two or three years away, but we hear great things behind the scenes about him, and and maybe maybe it is too early for him. But there's some meat on that bone, and we should talk about it. And let's attempt to answer the question throughout the next two or three segments, and, and we can open up the phone line, 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. Tom Thibodeau did bring the first Wolves playoff series in a decade and a half, so it wasn't all train wreck. Was it worth it? Was the Tom Thibodeau era worth it? Mackie and Judd, 
TCL Broadcast Studios. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Oh, that's just what they'll be expecting us to do. On 1500 ESPN. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios, Mackie and Judd are back. Okay, man. On 1500 ESPN. All right, let's check traffic very quickly. And uh, I've got two crashes to tell you about. And they're both right around the same area in the northern part of the metro. Uh, first, the 252 southbound. We've got a crash between 70th uh, Avenue North and 66th Avenue North. Uh, that's causing a few extra minutes on your commute if you're southbound on, on uh, 252. And basically in that same area, 694 westbound, uh, between 252 and Highway 100 in Brooklyn Center, we got a two-minute delay. That's because of a crash that's in that area as well. It did. I mean, the team had won a couple games here, but uh, this has been some time in the making uh, between Tom Thibodeau and uh, ownership, uh, Glenn Taylor. Uh, for now, Scott Layden will stay in as the general manager. Now, he reported to Tom Thibodeau. He was president and coach. That's uh, Adrian Wojnarowski. I want to play the other one, too. It's like 30 seconds, and then we have a poll up. We can then circle back to the question, was the Tom Thibodeau era worth it? But this is Woj on uh, on the firing. Uh, but once the Jimmy Butler saga started to unravel, that was the beginning of the end for Tom Thibodeau in Minnesota. One name to watch, and I'm told is a uh, favorite of ownership, former Bulls coach Fred Hoiberg, who has already replaced Tom Thibodeau once. In Chicago, uh, he has a history in Minnesota in the front office, and there's a possibility either in a, either a front office role or a head co- coaching role uh, that Hoiberg is a candidate there. He's also a candidate at UCLA. Man, I don't know, man. Hoiberg? I don't know, man. If if you can get Billups, go get Billups. And the, I think the best case scenario would be Chauncey Billups wants to run your organization behind the scenes, and Ryan Saunders is awesome for the next three months. Correct. And 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 now Ryan and, Saunders is your coach. Yes. It kills two birds with one stone. Good coach and provincial fan favorite. And if Ryan Saunders is not the guy and you're going to break up the jobs, then you have to hire the GM to hire the coach. So you can't yeah. you can't hire the GM and say, and Fred's going to be your coach. Yeah. Well, actually, it's Glenn. He could. But you shouldn't do that. So that here, would be backwards. Here's another. Okay, let's. I, there's so many tentacles here, but since we're on the coaching thing, okay, and and we'll we'll get to the was it worth it because I have I have venomous takes on was it worth it or not. But <laughs> my first instinct when it comes to Fred Hoiberg, the coach, the NBA coach, is ugh, so much turmoil in Chicago, and he like there was issues meshing with players, and and then he got run out of town. But the first two years, when you heard all these stories about turmoil between players and Fred Hoiberg, well, guess who represented the player side? Jimmy yeah. Butler. Crazy Jimmy, yeah. So if if a large chunk of our negative perception of Fred Hoiberg, the NBA coach, mm-hmm. is due in part because of you know, friction with a player, and well, okay, I don't know how much you can hold that against him. So he couldn't make it work with Jimmy Butler. Has anyone? Tom Thibodeau couldn't make it work with Jimmy Butler, and for God's sake. Brett sakes. Brown can't now. Apparently so, based on the reports. So you're exactly right. Um, that, now, that doesn't mean, okay, let's wipe that away. It doesn't mean that he's a great candidate. So it feels like such a Glenn Taylor thing, though, to just pick the familiar names that you know from 10 years ago and that are in that age okay. range of maybe taking a job as a coach or a general but, manager. But if if we are to believe, and I firmly do believe, that Wolves CEO Ethan Casson got Tibbs fired right now, 
then Ethan Casson has to be smart enough to say, Glenn, if you're going to split the jobs, we're going to hire a GM to run the basketball ops, and that, and you cannot then hire the coach. So this is very simple to me. Glenn, sit down. Yes. Here's how it's going to work. Who's telling him this? Ethan Casson. Listen, it, this is, at the end of the day, what Glenn Taylor has to realize is he is a complete failure, not only as an owner of an NBA team, but a businessman, too, in this one instance. And so what you got to do is you got to, if Chauncey is your guy, you bring in Chauncey and say, Chauncey, go to it. I trust you. Yeah. Right? I, on a side note, on the Ethan Casson thing, I can't imagine, because Ethan represents the business side of the organization, and everything we've heard behind the scenes is it was just a nightmare working environment. Because of Tom Thibodeau. So imagine being able to Vince McMahon walk your way down that ramp after the Wolves just beat the tar off the Los Angeles Lakers. Yep. And you get to walk in and say, you're fired. And you bring Scott Layden with you, who, by the way, was hired by Tibbs. That's my favorite part. So what, what, what's Layden's? Do we know? Okay, was Layden part of the knife in the back of Tom Thibodeau? All along, or was it more of a recent thing and well, that, I oh, think, job preservation? Well, I, I just know that from the, the tweet from Woj last night was that basically Scott Layden and Ethan Casson both walked into Tibbs' office and basically said, you're done. Layden's like, gone. and Casson both were Layden's gone. Layden's yeah. gone, though. No, no, I guarantee it, you. It's the departed. Yeah. Yes, and I guarantee you this went down. Don't feel safe. This went down very simply. Before Glenn left gutlessly for Florida, they all sat down and they said, we're pulling the trigger after this game. Sunday night, Lakers don't care, win by 20, lose by 20. they sat down multiple weeks ago, sat, probably. Yes, yes, but I'm saying, Glenn said, I'm leaving. That Atlanta game, if you had any guts at all, that Hawks game, you fire him. Like, if that's it, then that's it. Those were the type, those are the, that loss to Atlanta, those are the type of losses that get coaches fired. So here's my guess, though. My guess is the way that the this dysfunctional bunch of human beings work is that Casson and his business people sat down with Glenn, said, we're pulling the trigger. They didn't tell Scott. I think Scott got dragged in yesterday. But how does Because he hired him. How does Glenn not pull this trigger? If it's you're godless. If you're Glenn, if you're Glenn Go. and yeah. you give, you give, there was only, at the time of that hiring, I think Stan Van Gundy and Greg Popovich, maybe Doc Rivers, so maybe there were four of them, had full control from front office all the way down to coach. So you give a guy unprecedented power in your organization, and he within two years now he does he does bring you to the playoffs. So that's good, but he turns your organization into a national laughing stock with Jimmy Butler running roughshod over everything, and you determine several weeks later it's time for a change, and you go to Florida and other people do the deed. Yeah, I don't know, man. Oh, it's gutless. It's. It's so Glenn, though, right? But it's but Glenn. The when Glenn Taylor boarded that airplane to go south, Tibbs' fate, date, everything was decided. There's no question. Yeah, and and so do you, do you think they had a scenario that they talked about, which happened, which is what if what if we beat the Lakers by 25 points, still pull the trigger, and they look around the room. Yeah, whatever. Oh, you okay. think Ethan Casson could? <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just wondering what happened. Ethan Casson was like, my season ticket renewals are going to be awful. But it's weird because you could have fired Tom Thibodeau anytime during the off season. I mean, for any number of reasons, just behind, not necessarily performance on the court, but just things behind the scenes. Absolutely, you could have fired him after you find out that Jimmy Butler is telling the truth. He did go to Tom Thibodeau several months ago in May and tell him, "I want out," and yeah. Tom Thibodeau withheld that. So there's like six or seven different points where it was obvious to fire him. And you didn't choose any of those, but you waited till they smoked the Lakers. But you know and why? Back to back wins. You know why? The, the season ticket 
renewal forms are going to go out, I think, within the next two weeks, right? If you had fired, so it, it would have made sense to fire Tibbs during the Butler saga. But if you do that, put Ryan in charge and he fails by now, you're like, oh boy. Oh, so you're saying if you would have done it two months ago yes. and Ryan's a disaster. And Ryan's a okay. disaster, That's then fair. right now you, you've got fans excited. They're jazzed. Even if he turns out to be a disaster. They've well, already booked their tickets. Exactly. Okay. Friday yeah. night, sold out, Target Center, standing over for Ryan Saunders. Danny put it perfectly last, last hour. He said, basketball move, business timing. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. So it they, was a yeah, basketball decision yeah. to fire Tom Thibodeau, but it was the timing of it was very was all business. Only Glenn Taylor and this franchise too. Only these guys could yeah. orchestrate something that seems so improbable. Your your organization has been a disaster for how long? And yet, after you beat one of the heritage franchises in this league by twenty two, that's when yeah. you whack the coach. Uh, so you can find actually two, uh, one full length, and then one of uh, Ryan Saunders recap episode. Two episodes of Raised by Wolves with you guys. You guys came into the studio last night. Dave Moore is a part of that one. Yep. So if you want Raised by Wolves, if you're not already listening to it, fifteen hundred ESPN dot com and anywhere you would find or subscribe to podcasts. Okay, was it worth it? Was the Tom Thibodeau era worth it? There were some highs. At one point, they were one of the best teams, not named the Golden State Warriors, in the NBA at their peak. 651-646-8255. Now, back to Mackie and John. Hello, boys. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios. So what do you think? <laughs> it's pretty cool, I guess. On 1500 ESPN. I think everybody knows this is special. Yeah, this is special. And um, for a number of reasons. And uh, But it's... Uh, you know, I'd say in, in the current moment, it's it's special because of the players, and like this is this is about about the players. Um, it's special, you know, that I have relationships with these guys, and uh, I've seen them. You know, a number of them I've seen them since they were teenagers, and I was thinking about that uh, that earlier, and uh, to see the growth, and then to see a, a position, maybe a position that, um, you know, you're 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 not, you know, thinking you're you're ever going to necessarily be in, you know, at, at this time. Um, but be in that position with these guys is uh, it is a special thing. Ryan Saunders, you can find 19 thoughts from our Danny Cunningham about uh, the Tom Thibodeau firing and what the Wolves should do going forward at 1500ESPN.com. So I think you're going to be a little bit surprised by my answer to this question. Was the Tom Thibodeau era worth it? Yes, I think it was worth it. There's a lot of pros and cons. The the, the, the pros being they went to the playoffs for the first time in a decade and a half. The cons being, once again, laughingstock organization, the Jimmy Butler thing blows up in your face, and et cetera, et cetera. But let's just focus on the players that's, that, that complement and supplement Carl Anthony Towns. And I guess Andrew Wiggins, too, because he is one of the highest paid players in the league. He's under contract, and he's part of your nucleus, whether you like it or not. I love Zach Levine. Lowry Markinen, uh banged up this year, but that dude is seven feet tall and shoots forty percent from three point range. So there's a there's a ton to be said for for what the Wolves could have had with Lowry Markinen. And Chris Dunn has actually improved his shooting percentage up near fifty percent now. He's just finding the the efficient spots on the court. Um, so those three would have been great. But I like Sharich and Covington along with Carl Anthony Towns better than I like these offensive minded sort of crap shooty players. And I. And I'm a Zach Levine through and through guy. I think Zach Levine is one of the most fun players to watch. Doesn't have a clue where to stand on defense. I think also doesn't care. So 
Yeah, well, I think he cares more than Andrew Wiggins cares about things well, on the court. Doesn't take defense. much there, yeah. Phil. But if you're telling me who should I flank Carl Anthony Towns with, the guys that the Wolves traded for Jimmy Butler, or the guys that the Wolves traded Jimmy Butler to get, I actually like the guys they got in return better than the guys that they traded for Jimmy Butler. Fight me. Do you think? Take me to the woodshed. Do you think though? You gotta warn me, Phil. I would have had the sounder ready. And they went, yeah. <laughs> and they went to the playoffs. I get what you're saying, but I guess I would ask you then: Was all of the turmoil and further dysfunction for a franchise that that for the past thirty years has largely just been dysfunctional? Was that worth it? It's a good question. It, 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 it timing is important here. I think if you were to have because because on the on the negative side. Tom Thibodeau stunted the growth of Andrew Wiggins. And it's possible that no coach can unlock Andrew Wiggins, but Tom Thibodeau certainly couldn't, and Andrew Wiggins regressed. So the regression of Wiggins was a bad thing. I think Carl Anthony Towns and this myth that was perpetuated that he's this soft, overrated player, and he's a beast. He's one of the best offensive players in the NBA. He's uniquely talented, and you've seen some of the things he's done since Jimmy Butler left. And he has gotten better on defense. He the has. Last few weeks. Look at he the has. blocks he's tallying up. He's yeah. a fantastic player. So I think if you would have ridden this thing out to the point where it's just, there's no turning back and Towns just doesn't, like, now now you've stunted Towns upside. I don't think you did. I think, I think you waited too long to make the move, but... I, I also don't think you waited to the point where there was irreparable damage done to Carl Anthony Towns. So I, I hear what you're saying. Yes. But I don't think I don't think you're gonna look back and say, man, Carl Anthony Towns' career was ruined by Tom Thibodeau. No, you, you got I agree out with, no, you, you no, got no. out before you're he played forty right. minutes a night for six years, right? Yes. I my answer to your question is it was not worth it because you allowed this guy and this is something that we we should have questioned at the time and I don't think you did and I don't think or I know I didn't giving him complete control and allowing a guy you know what the problem is the problem is we have to and me especially start listening to things that we l- learn about people instead of dismissing them the dysfunction from the bulls right. We all talked about, yeah, yeah, but uh, Paxson and Foreman, they're, they're the problem, not Tibbs. Tibbs is not the problem. Tibbs has got, got the year off now, and he's gone around, and he's gone to San Antonio, and he's gone to talk to Belichick, and he's gone to see all these different people, and Tibbs has found God, and it's going to be different. And not only was it not different, you then gave him the keys to the car. You then allowed Tibbs, and as far as a fantasy basketball trade goes, it's fine. The Jimmy Butler trade. You then allowed Tibbs to trade for a guy that he knew full well was completely off his rocker. Like, in retrospect, Jimmy Butler's nuts. There's something wrong there. He needs help. He needs professional help. He should be taken out of the league and given professional help. But instead, you traded for him. And so you introduced unnecessarily complete and utter dysfunction for a large amount of time that you knew was never going to go anywhere, ultimately, because Butler's crazy and Tibbs has no business having any part of anything that involves human beings and how they act. But you got out. You got out. You got out. But the Wolves always eventually get out. At what price? <laughs> it's 30 years of BS. But what I'm telling what I'm telling you is I hear everything you're saying. And, and it wasn't worth I, it I was me. as outraged as anyone the past two or three years. And Andrew Wiggins still drives me bonkers. 
And then now it's going to be up to Ryan Saunders to try and unlock Andrew Wiggins. But I think a dude like Ryan Saunders has a much better chance to relate to and unlock Wiggins but you're asking than me, Tom Thibodeau. But you're does. asking me if Tibbs was worth it. And to me, it, it was not. No, I. you know what? This might work. I have no idea. At some point in time, Glenn is going to get dumb luck. Like something Glenn, something Glenn is going to do where you're like, that doesn't make a ton of sense. And this might be it. Works. Because no human being can have this bad of luck all the time. But as far as was Tibbs worth it, the answer to the question for me is absolutely not. I think when you look at the whole run, I will I will lean more towards Phil's side of it because for a couple of reasons. I don't think, aside from the Wiggins contract, I don't think this franchise with Tibbs departing is in a terrible spot that they can't recover from. Now, the Wiggins contract is a big elephant in the room and they got to find a way to get something out of him to make that contract at least halfway worth it but I will say this everybody was mad at Tibbs when he traded Ricky Rubio away and that ended up turning into Josh Okogi and now everybody loves Josh Okogi so Tibbs like Tibbs or not he gets credit for that and just to pause this would you rather have right now 20 Eight-year-old Ricky Rubio, who, by the way, is back to shooting 30-some percent from the mm-hmm. field, and or Josh Akogi with whatever upside he has, because I'd rather have Josh Akogi. I would have rather preferred never to have Tibbs here. Okay. <laughs> so, but, you okay. Also, but the other part of that, too, is remember, remember when there was talks about them trying to trade for C.J. Miles? They were trying to get C.J. Miles from Indiana. I think they were going to try and send Cole Aldrich's contract to Indiana because Cole's contract was expiring. To get C.J. Miles from Indiana, and everybody was saying, "Ah, just give them the, you know, they need shooting, they need wing shooting, they, you know, just give them the OKC pick. Why don't they? Why, why are they wasting? Why are they wasting all this time negotiating and trying to make this deal without giving up? Just give up the damn pick already. Well, that pick turned into Josh Okogie. And that's where you got to kind of give Tibbs some credit for. And you know what he the, did? The, the, Manny, the front office thing. Tried to screw him up too. He did his best to screw a Kogi up as well. But that's where I will say I'll look at Tibbs as a coach. I actually think he did a much worse job as a coach than he did as a front office guy. And I'm not saying he did a great job as an executive, but I think he actually did a better job as an executive than he did as a coach. I 100% agree with what Manny just said at the end there. And so the, the one thing that Tom Thibodeau did that is inarguably a move that put the Wolves on another level was bringing in Jimmy Butler. A, mo- a move like what's a move that he made or a thing that he did as a coach or a GM slash president of basketball ops that the replacement level coach or president of basketball ops wouldn't have been able to do. And it was bring in Jimmy Butler, right? Now that was his greatest strength also turned out to be his greatest weakness because he mm-hmm. couldn't corral Butler and he didn't have the connection with him that he thought. And right. those two guys were, uh, were just not meant to mesh with the rest of the roster. So, if if let let's say we draw that line and say congratulations, awesome, uh, Dave Yeager or wh- wh- whichever other coach we've talked about the last five years wouldn't have had the connection with Jimmy Butler to make that thing work. Now, it was a trade; it wasn't a free agent signing, so technically anyone could have made the trade if you were willing to give up enough assets. And they gave up Levine, and they gave up a first round pick, etc. Mm-hmm. So I guess a lot of different people could have pulled the trigger on that, but it made more sense for Tom Thibodeau, and he got initial buy in from Jimmy Butler because those guys had a relationship. The problem is, and this is where I agree with Manny, once Jimmy Butler was on your roster, any coach in America, Judd Zolgad, could have taken that team to an eight seed in the Western Conference. Yep. 
Any coach in America could have taken Carl Anthony Towns, Jimmy Butler, veterans like Taj Gibson, Jeff Teague, and some other complimentary pieces in whatever you think of Andrew Wiggins to 47 wins and an eight seed. So once he once he brought the key piece into the collection, in terms of molding it and getting everyone to gel together and have but, this symbiotic relationship, he what, failed miserably. Okay, but here's the most important thing to keep in mind. He knowingly traded for a maniac. <laughs> Who brought, like, like you guys, right. you guys, this no, isn't fantasy. No, we, bat- know, no, we know that. Right, right, but I'm we saying he gets, he gets no credit for, be, for trading for a maniac. <laughs> he knew what was going to happen. You would have to be but a moron not to know that. But so, that's my point, though, Judd. That's where I think he failed as a coach because no, but, the, the executive no, the move executive, of making the trade the executive, for Butler. No, the executive he, failed. The executive failed miserably in this case you, because he knew Butler. He knew he was off his rocker, and he still did this. I don't this think, this I don't is leaving think your door the, open at night and not locking it and getting killed and being like, I, I didn't expect to but get that, killed. But Judd, that's my point. That's where I think he failed as a coach because once he got Butler here – as a, the coach, Tom Thibodeau was supposed to be able to make that work. But you knew, but because, he knew, but he knew he couldn't. But well, John, he knew because, it, because he's the on. same person. You're, he's the same you're person. wrong. He has no idea that Jimmy Butler is a maniac. Do you think Tom Thibodeau has <laughs> any idea? Okay, but that's my point. About like, that, they're both okay. sociopaths, right? So this circles back to your question: Was it worth it? Absolutely not. If Tom, if Tom Thibodeau owned my fantasy basketball team, congrats. That's awesome. I get stats. If I'm dealing with real people, he failed miserably. But here's okay. I have another point to add to this. Another point for actually why why it was worth it. And I get it sounds crazy because you and I have been in lockstep on this for two years. Yes. It's actually made for probably repetitive, boring radio because we've agreed. <laughs> not, on today. This, not today. Not today. Damn it. <laughs> uh, Fight me. We also uh, later on in about a half hour from now, we're going to kill two birds with one stone. We're going to introduce a new member of 1500 ESPN, and we're going to make fun of a sad Bears fan. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd. Coming up next. Gentlemen, to the medicine cabinet. On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd are back. I have indeed been uploaded, sir. We're online and ready. On 1500 ESPN. All right. Traffic check. And I got two crashes on 35W to tell you about. Uh, First one is northbound near New Brighton. Uh, between uh, Ramsey near Ramsey County Road E2, where it's causing about a four-minute delay. And the other one is southbound near Lauderdale uh, between Stinson Boulevard and Hennepin. And that's causing an extra few minutes as well there. Gentlemen? You know, if, if you look at something as a tryout, I think that's when you start putting um, pressure on yourself or the situation or other people that um, just isn't isn't there. This is a... I came to work same time, actually maybe a little bit earlier today. Um, <laughs> didn't get much sleep. Um, same time, for the most part, um, put my, my work work in. Um, the only thing was I just spoke a little bit more in, uh, in practice. But I'm, I'm still going to continue to be myself with these guys and, and, and just um, try to grow each day. Uh, Ryan Saunders, you can read and listen to plenty more about the firing of Tom Thibodeau and uh, the promotion of Ryan Saunders on 1500ESPN.com. So one more question on this. Was it worth it? Actually, what are the poll results right now? Manny and Jonathan, do you guys have the official Mackie and Judd poll results on Twitter? Jonathan is looking it up right now. I got to think that most people are going to say no. Because mo- people people boo Tom Thibodeau at Target Center. They mostly just make fun of him on social media. I'm going to yeah. guess it's 70% no. 85% no. Yeah. 15% yes. Out of 190 yeah. votes right now. So what I would ask, because Judd's in the 85% no, I'm in the 15% yes. I'm not like 
all in 15% yes, but I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm on that side. What, what's the worst thing you can say about the two and a half years of the Tom Thibodeau era that you couldn't have already said about the Timberwolves organization beforehand? It, okay, they were a national laughing stock for a while. Well, they've mostly been that for 30 years. Okay. It was, and this is, this is how tortured it seemed. For a playoff team in any sport in, in this town, maybe aside from the 2008 Childress Vikings, and I don't think they meet this, it was the most joyless run of success I've ever seen. But run of success is the key phrase there. It was a run of success. But he were, but he actually, what was amazing about it was to make it that joyless. And and I've it was, never it was impressive. And I've never seen anything that's been like if it's just the fans who don't look like him, but you think the team is galvanized. It's like okay, but the players like there was nobody that I watched with the Timberwolves last season, players, equipment guys, ushers in the building fans in the stands who seem like they were having any fun. Yeah. Well, I would, okay, I would say this for your side of the argument. If, because you have to look at what would their trajectory have been or what would their path have been if if they had gone down the Flip Saunders road. Like Flip Saunders' vision wasn't, okay, let's get some young guys in and then trade them all for, <laughs> for Jimmy, Jimmy Butler. Butler, right? I don't think that's what Flip Saunders' vision was. Wait, it was, wait. let's keep... Wiggins, Levine, Carl Anthony Towns, uh, uh, maybe Chris Dunn wasn't a Flip Saunders draft pick, but whatever, whoever you would have drafted, and push forward and try to mold those guys as a as a unit and a collective. And the Tom Thibodeau path was let's expedite it, let's get better quick, and then oh god, we have to bail on Jimmy Butler. Let's get what we can for Jimmy Butler. Would they have been in a drastically better spot than they are right now? They're just fighting to get in the playoffs. Last year. They wound up fighting. Last year they were in if Jimmy Butler had stayed healthy. But if they had stuck to plan A, would they be in a drastically better spot than they are right now? Or would they be, if they had Zach Levine and they had Chris Dunn and another young player, you're, I think what you're banking on then is for the other coach to have unlocked Andrew Wiggins. And I don't know if that's a guarantee. And I almost feel like they'd be in the same spot either way. And you also have to keep in mind you have Levine, Wiggins, and Towns all together on bigger contracts than what they were on before the Butler trade. I mean, Zach Levine's making $20 million a year now with the Chicago Bulls. He's in the first year of a four-year contract making $20 million a year. So that's part of, you got to start thinking about too, like where they would be at financially right now if you have those three guys and Wiggins is on a max deal and Towns is on a max deal and Zach is making $20 million a year. I mean, Better where spot. are they at financially? Better spot without Tibbs because, because the Flip Saunders path would have seen much more clearly what it took to have a developing team. Tibbs' ultimate downfall among the many is he's an old-school coach who had complete power and so said to himself, what can I do to win immediately? Taj, <laughs> Derek, oh yeah. It's signing these veteran players who are, you know what, they're fine, they're nice players. But Flip's vision was to build a team that was going to be ascending so would that team have been a playoff team last year? I don't know. Perhaps not. Probably not. But I think as we are having this discussion today, we would be talking about a team that was on, to use your term, a trajectory for success. It still is, though. And, and well, but it's not in as good a shape as it could be because th- if you th- think about this now, we're talking about a lot, or we're talking about some pieces that are now going to be peeled off naturally. And Flip's goal was to put this team, and probably through trades as well, in a position where where you're on a path to success. Perhaps at that time, you make a trade. 
Tibbs' goal at the end of the day was to get Butler, who, once again, I'll go back to, if Jimmy Butler was mentally stable, that's fine, but he was not. Tibbs' goal then was to get veteran, veteran, veteran. Let's try and win games now as quickly as possible. Flip had an actual vision for this franchise. Tibbs, Tibbs said, I'm going to try to win right now and then go eat 12 large steaks. And that was it. The and that's a, why a filet was, mignon guy or more of a New York that, That's why this is not a success. I will not give him, I will not give a guy who spent most of his time here as a coach trying to be a jackass the benefit of yeah. the doubt. Well, he also, he, here's another layer to this too, because I would argue the worst thing that he did as president of basketball operations wasn't botching the Jimmy Butler thing or trick. The acquisition of Jimmy Butler turned into a playoff run. So, like, check mark in the, in the success, uh, success box. It was... Andrew Wiggins' max contract. But I think that was more of a Glenn Taylor thing than a Tom That's, Thibodeau thing. That was thing. my thing. How much of that was actually Tibbs? Is, isn't it pretty you know? likely that Tom Thibodeau was very much on the fence, if not all in on the let's just ship him to Chicago for Jimmy Butler wagon? And Glenn Taylor was the one that stepped in and said, oh, but we okay. acquired him okay. for Kevin Love. But if you, if you had a really effective president of basketball operations who saw that wind blowing in that direction, guess what? You go and tell Glenn we're not doing this. And you're probably a better communicator exactly. with Glenn. Yeah. Glenn Tibbs, Tibbs' ability to read and interact with humans is awful. It's off the charts bad. And that cost him on every single front. I'm serious. It doesn't take a lot to get there. I know. It doesn't take a lot. When you look at Jimmy Butler and think that this narcissistic whatever bleep hole is going to help you. And you, and by the way, I don't know that you do. But he did help him. That's the thing. That's what Manny No, I know. Like, I know, it. but it's but it's like the biggest short-term high of all time. Yeah. It's like, I got Jimmy. Jimmy's great. And then Jimmy stabbed you in the back and you never saw it coming. You're right. It's the he, departed. He either misread... Tom Thibodeau either misread or completely ignored mm. the, the the environment of the Western Go Conference, ladder. right? Go ladder. <laughs> completely ignored. Yes. He he didn't he never cuz cuz when they made that trade, I remember, I mean we you and I actually inside baseball story, we were going to the day they made that trade or they made it on draft night. Yep. And the next morning we were all set to broadcast our show from the Target Center Skyway and the the Fishbowl broadcast booth. And we had trouble with a connection, so we actually had to speed back to the studio. And Tom Thibodeau was going to lead the show. He was scheduled to start the show with us via the phone instead of in person because we had to go back to the studio. And I just remember how joyous that day was, and we're yucking it up with Tibbs on the phone. But one of the undertones of that conversation was, okay, this is going to be awesome, and now they have one of the top 15 players in the NBA, and they're going to be a playoff team, and they're going to be better, and this is going to be the best Wolves team we've seen in 15 years. But are they mistiming the Western Conference? Does it matter? Why? They're not going to win the West I in the next that. three years. You're right, yes. So, in Tom Thibodeau, I don't think there was any objective discussion behind the scenes about, okay, we could go for broke a little bit here, and we could trade off future assets that are going to help in five or ten years for an asset that's going to help right now, but what's the value in that? Does it really matter if the Warriors are just going to own the conference anyways? I guarantee that conversation never took place oh, behind didn't the care. scenes. Never. But I do think, no nuance. I do think the idea of it was that even as Jimmy approached his... 30s that by the time Jimmy became, you know turned 30 31 years old that Carl Anthony Towns was going to become basically because when Jimmy got here Jimmy was without question the best player on the team and the idea I think was that eventually Carl Anthony Towns was again going to become the best player on the team and ascend into superstar top 7 top 8 player in the league 
And that was just, unfortunately, that was just never going to happen under Tom Thibodeau. But how did, but Tibbs was the only one that knew that, that he was getting a guy who could potentially sabotage and sandbag the entire franchise. And you know what? That also, answer me this question. In Tibbs' tenure here, what bothered him? Like, what red flag did he look at and say, oh boy, I better step in front of that train. That's not going to be a good idea. You fully know that Jimmy Butler's off his rocker. You trade for him. Wiggins' contract somehow gets done. What bothered him? What did Tibbs do where you now, in retrospect, say, thank God he didn't do that? Uh, sit down on the bench in a 30-point blow. <laughs> thank you. Frank and Coon Rapids, you're on the Mackey and Judd Show. Yeah, thanks, guys. I'm saying that if Flip was still alive, God bless his soul, and he was here, the team would be in a much better place than they were before. If you remember when he left before, basically was created as the scapegoat for, you know, Kevin, uh, you know, to get him gone. But Flip always knew people. He knew players. He treated them with respect. And I, I believe that he he built continuity on the floor. And Thibodeau never did that. I mean, basically, if he could pit them against each other, you know, and hoping he'd say, well, I'll show them. No, the, these players today don't want to show anybody anything. They just, here, I got my $20 million. I'll see you later. Well, I, that, well okay, that's where... I don't, I don't know what that has to do with it. I was following but... him for the first part. Like, if... The second part is ludicrous because there's a lot of players that make $30 million a year that leave everything on the court on a mm-hmm. nightly basis. But where I do agree is Tibbs have, has no clue how to handle the modern player. Carl Anthony Towns, this is not 1994, right? Carl Anthony Towns, if you don't go to him and say, what makes you tick? This is a partnership. Not yes, a exactly yeah. right. So, yeah. And people today are different. But you know what? Yeah. Accept it. It doesn't make them bad. He is an all-star, generationally great talent. So figure out how to get that from him. And I don't think screaming does it. Yeah. 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. Mackie and Judd. Mackie and Judd will return shortly. Guys, I thought we were in a hurry. On 1500 ESPN. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup. So you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Bakers, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone. 